welcome to Simply Technical. I'm your host, Evan Lockhart, and a co-host of Keaton Minor. And then we got local expert, Matt Peacock. What's up? You might have recognized him from other podcasts. So, uh, We're going to talk about the draft and the thunder and a couple of trades that have happened recently. Um, so this is all going to be about basketball, which all three of us enjoy. So, Anthony Davis trade. That happened a couple of days ago. What, what all was traded? So, it was Anthony Davis to the Lakers. And they got several picks, quite a few picks back, correct? Yeah, so they got a 2021 top eight protected pick, which if it lands in the top eight, that pick becomes unprotected in 2022. Uh, first round rights to a pick in 2023 and a 2024 first round pick, which the New Orleans Pelicans have the option to defer it to 2025 instead. Wow, so it kind of like wild. a pick swap. Um, it kind of depends what the outlook of the teams are at that point. And maybe even what kind of players are going to be in the draft at that time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then recently, since the draft is happening as we speak, uh, we're on the tail end of the first round, but um, the the Pelicans also traded, they got the fourth pick correct from the Lakers. Yes. And they traded that to Atlanta for a couple picks this year or – this year for was it the eighth and the tenth pick? They got three picks in return, I believe. Eighth, tenth, seventeenth. It was the eighth, the seventeenth, and a pick eighth, for 17th. next year. Okay, okay. Because okay. the Hawks kept they drafted a Cam Reddish at ten. That's okay. right. That's right. So the Pelicans really turned Anthony Davis into quite a team. I mean, several players because um, they got Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, and. With that, they got his father. Um, <laughs> Hide your uh, wife. <laughs> and then they got Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. They got three players and then three picks. Yeah. And then they traded one of those picks back for Atlanta, two picks, and then a future pick. So they really turned – they maximized – David Griffin, the GM of the Pelicans, really maximized Anthony Davis's trade value – I mean, that's the most return we've ever seen for a superstar trade. I mean, Paul George, you got two players. Uh, what's another? Kawhi Leonard, you got an all-star back. You know, DeMar. Yeah, there's a couple all-star swaps I can think of. But, I mean, yeah, that's nothing, nothing like this. I mean, the Celtics uh, uh, screwing over the Nets. Yeah. Even with, though, in the end, they didn't really get much out of it. But that's the closest thing I can think of. Yeah, so that was really one-sided. I mean, props to David Griffin for for maximizing. That's a in my eyes a Sam Presti esque move. Um, so he really he he maximized that. Yeah, uh, yeah. They also did pretty good with their picks. So they really went for fit um, with the eighth overall pick. You know, obviously they picked Zion number one, but they picked um, Jackson Hayes. He's a center out of Texas. And what's interesting about him is he didn't start playing basketball until he was, I think, like a junior in high school is what I read. And, uh, I mean, guy's long, lengthy. I think he's over seven-foot center. So, to pair him alongside Zion, I mean, it's going to be one freakishly athletic backcourt. Or frontcourt. 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 Sorry, it's a long day. (laughs) Obviously, the Lakers got what they wanted, but I think – I mean, obviously they got to they got to win a championship in the next couple of years. LeBron James is on the on the decline, uh, but I think this is just from a purely business perspective. This is a terrible trade. Like you are are basically saying that you have to win. You're gonna win now, and the future doesn't matter whatsoever. And and they've I mean they've pretty much doomed themselves to only to being saved by free agents in the future and. Who know? I mean, just and just because you have a big market doesn't mean free agents are going to come. Just look at the Knicks right now. Well, it's ironic. That's kind of what got the Lakers in this situation in the first place. Yeah. Because you know, when into the Kobe years, they kept trying to say, "Oh, let's maximize all we have with Kobe." So they kept trading all these guys. Next thing you know, you throw out a starting lineup with Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. I mean, yikes! Yeah. They just got lucky they recovered from that. Just with some trades, they worked out. But you know, 
four or five years from now, there's a good chance they may be back in the same boat that they're in now. Or could, a couple of years ago they were at least. And even where I mean, they could be even worse than they are now. Um, I mean, they barely missed in the playoffs. And, I mean, obviously, if, you know, injuries don't affect them, they, they, should, they should definitely make the playoffs. And if they don't win the championship, I think they're going to have a complete overhaul within the next couple of years of their entire management. Because, I mean, something's, something's wrong if they, don't win, if they don't win a championship. They're betting it all on. Uh, I also saw a tweet today that said they didn't realize that they couldn't get a max player. They had an accounting error where no. they couldn't get a max player unless they, with delayed. That, unless they delayed the trade, but they didn't realize that because yeah. of this accounting error. So they kind of shot themselves <laughs> in the foot. It sounds very much like post-Kobe Lakers management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to mention that Anthony Davis has a trade clause in his um, contract. So there's a $4 million kind of like cap hit on it. And so if Anthony Davis turns uh, options to turn down that $4 million, then... Then they can maybe sign a max contract. I haven't looked at the financials specifically, but if he says, you know, that's $4 million, I'm going to take that, then that's just less people they can sign. Yeah. And, I mean, outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, what what do they have? Like a G League? I guess they have Kuzma, but outside of them. They have Lance Stevenson. <laughs> well, even then, I think it was a one-year deal, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not for sure on that, yeah. but – I, I think mean, pretty much everybody they signed last yeah, offseason was, little... was one year rentals. I know that they had they have five five players signed after the trade, Gosh. so they have ten That's roster so spots bad. to fill. Um, I'll go play for him. I'm coming I mean, off an ACL surgery. I'll take a minimum. I'll take a minimum. Yeah, for sure. Um, so another trade happened recently, even more recent than that trade was the Mike Conley trade. So the Memphis Grizzlies sent Mike Conley for. Uh, what what picks did they get back, and and who'd they get back in return? <laughs> uh, so they traded Mike Conley to the Jazz for uh, Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, and Jay Crowder, and then they also have a um a future first round pick, which that actually turned into the Thunder's pick. That oh, just did, happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. So as of now, it just turned into the okay. the Thunder's pick. Yeah. They traded back. The Thunder traded back from twenty one to twenty three. Yeah. Um kind of swapping picks and then getting a, a first-round pick, or not a first-round, a second-round pick in the future. Yeah, I mean, obviously this was uh, making room for John Morant uh, and pretty much... That's who they drafted, so... Yeah, yeah, kicking Mike Conley aside. I do think the Jazz got better with this, but I think we have some disagreements on this. I don't think they became a title contender whatsoever. I think when you have... When you have, I mean, you have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. That's going to be your backcourt now, which is improved, but it's not like it's not worlds better than Donovan Mitch, Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio. Uh, so you're saying that you think Ricky Rubio and Mike Conley are on par with each other? I don't think they're on par with each other. I don't think it's a massive upgrade. I think it's an upgrade, but I don't think you went to another tier of basketball players. So. I don't know the exact stats, but I know Conley has averaged around 23 points, three to four rebounds, and six assists for his career. And I know Rubio was in the 10-point range for points. Um, so, I mean, points-wise, you're an upgrade. They didn't really give up anything. I mean, they gave up Kyle Korver, who didn't play. He played in maybe situational. Grayson Allen, who didn't play for them. I'm sure their G League will miss him. And then they gave up. Who was the third player? Grayson Allen. Jay Crowder. Uh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder yeah, did like play Jay for them. He's de- he did start for them. Yeah. That'll uh, hurt defensively for him. Uh, but I know that they were trying to get a stretch four as of recently, which would just complete their team. Um, I mean, I don't think they want Derek Favors back at the starting four position for them um, or even a backup. So... Matt's looking up the stats right now on Mike Conley versus Ricky Rubio. Yeah, so according to these stats, um, Ricky Rubio is a little bit better rebounder. Um, but Mike slightly, Con- slightly. Yeah, and Mike Conley slightly has the edge on assist. They're exactly the same on steals, blocks, but it doesn't matter for point guards. Um, the big kicker comes with in the points. Mike Conley averages 21.1 points per game, and Ricky Rubio is at 12.7. 
But then going a little further down, uh, Mike Conley is about a 5% better three-point shooter. He shoots 36% versus Ricky Rubio's 31. So to get a little bit better floor spacing floor on that. Floor spacing, yeah. Um, so I it think, is an upgrade, but it's I just kind of got I probably got a little ahead of myself with how big of an upgrade it is. But anytime you can add a guy that can you know consistently score twenty one points per game, it's a pretty solid upgrade. Yeah, I mean Mike Conley is definitely a great player, and he's better than Ricky Rubio. But I don't know. I mean, as a Thunder fan, I know they beat us already, so I they got better. It's going to be harder for us to beat them down the road, but I don't think they're competing with uh, the Lakers and uh, Houston. Well, and I would have said Houston, but Houston seems to have just completely crumbled that, in the yeah. last two weeks. Uh, we could talk about that next, uh, but what do you think about how, how does it work out for the Grizzlies? I mean, it, it was it was to make the way for the future, I think. I think it was... I don't think it... Mike Conley obviously isn't getting them over the hump to make the playoffs, and I think this is their rebuilding time. Okay, so what do you think about them adding Grayson Allen? You think that's a plus, or I, I mean, he's just young, he's just, he's just a, a young guy. Yeah, he's just a a better Kyle Singler out there with, that's whinier. Uh, I I see I see them. I see them guys. <laughs> I see him buying out Kyle, or not Kyle Singler, Kyle Korver. I see them buying him out so that he can play with a contender. Yeah. Um, Jay Crowder's not really going to add anything to them. He's kind of just a eh, player. Um, Grayson Allen, I think he'll he'll add to their young core, but will he add all that much? I'm not really for no, sure. I, I think that next year they're going to be another lottery team, but that's okay. I think that's what they want. Well, I mean, so for... They're starting five. I don't know who their shooting guard or power, or I mean, small forward is, but they'll have John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jonas, 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 Jonas Valanciunas. So I'm guessing what Dylan, uh, what's his name? Dylan Brooks? Yeah, they got Dylan Brooks. I don't know if you guys are still on the roster or not. Um, Joakim Noah's on there. Chandler Parsons, Dylan Wright. So I'm guessing their starting starting shooting guard will probably be uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, so they've got Avery Bradley. I didn't realize well. they had Avery Bradley on their either. team. Maybe one of those guys will be at small forward. So they got a decent. Besides Avery Bradley, I mean he's good, but he's not going to be. He's kind of falling off a little. He's bit. He's falling off, but yeah, I mean he's also not going to contribute for the long haul. No. Um, but I think they got a nice young <laughs> roster. Obviously, it's not going to be as promising as the Pelicans, but they still have. I think they have good pieces to move forward. Um, yeah, I think this trade out of anything was more just kind of out of respect to Mike Conley and all the years he's put in there to make them, you know, for a while they're one of the best teams in the NBA, that great yeah. grind era. I think that was more of a, hey, you've got a couple years left in your prime, go win the ship or go compete for a championship at least. I, I think they're going to be top four in the in the West. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they definitely have a shot, but... On topic with that, um, one of, I'll save some hot takes later. I, I've got a ice, like a blue <laughs> dragon fire ice hot take. <laughs> All right, well, stay tuned. Um, so you mentioned the Rockets uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah. So there's reports coming out that Chris Paul and James Harden hate each other. Yeah, Chris but there's said. also reports that they love each other. So. I don't really know what to take of it. Well, Chris Paul uh, insulted uh, James Harden's man boobs, and then he was crying. <laughs> he had to leave practice, right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Barry. Sports talk with Barry. <laughs> he probably went straight to the strip club knowing James Harden. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Thanks, uh, sports talk with Barry, for that hot take. And uh, for who was it? Skip Bayless that bit on it yeah. and yeah. talked about it on national TV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in reality... I mean, I think that they they're not getting along as as much as they say. I mean, there has been some takes that they hate each other. I don't think they hate each other, but I don't think they're particularly like like each other. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they should have been in the championship two years ago, and I Chris think Paul that, got hurt. <laughs> yeah, I think that literally that just 
destroyed the lock. Like, how do you come back from that at that point? There's and then your season's just a a, a bummer compared to the season before. And and Chris Paul's I think taking, the team just fell apart. Yeah, and Chris Paul's taking a, a decently a decent step back. He's getting uh, old. I mean, he's old. I don't. I don't even. How old is he? Thirty <laughs> four. Yeah, that sounds all right. Because he's about the same age as LeBron. Um, I think he's a year older. Thirty four. Yeah, he's thirty four. Thirty four. Um, his he's just declining, but he's supposed to be one of the highest paid players in the NBA. Terrible contract. Um, it's an untradeable contract. Yeah, that's that's what everybody's been saying. I mean, I don't know the NBA contract stuff and cap, salary cap. I don't really understand, but. He's supposed to get like forty million dollars, and they've been looking. Apparently, there's been reports that they called the Knicks to trade him to them, and they hung up the phone. <laughs> nah, fam. Uh, they said we're real busy. Um, so, I mean, for a guy like Chris Paul, has had a tremendous career of losing in the first round. Um, I mean, he's a fantastic point guard, but he hasn't really done anything championship wise but he's been a fantastic player i mean hall of famer would you say oh yeah yeah 100%. so, so. Uh, it's kind of sad to see it come to this but you know maybe if he didn't have a contract for 40 million dollars he might be retiring pretty soon <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i'm sure that thoughts cross he'll his- be great trade bait in the last year of his contract when a team wants a salary dump to uh, sign a high-powered free agent but what does he have still two more years there's I think three. I think last year was his first years? year. Oh, my. Because he signed a five-year deal. That's Houston. Oh. I mean, at the time, they were being praised for not a great – a great. I mean, great signing because they did a sign-and-trade um, where they gave up Lou Williams. Uh, who else? Montrezl Harrell was in there. Yeah, Montrezl Harrell. And Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly. They gave up three okay pieces – Montrezl Harrell, that could have been something great. He's he's uh turned he's turned into pretty beast. good, um, but at the time it was the decent trade or you know at least signing. I mean, since it was a signing trade, uh, a, a good trade. I mean, like oh they can they're going to compete and they did compete, but yeah, it hasn't worked. Swing away from a championship uh, or competing. I mean, playing against who they who they going to play against the Cavs. I mean, yeah. it, yeah, it so. took it took Chris Paul. Hurting his hamstring and the worst three-point shooting in NBA the history, history of basketball. Twenty-seven missed threes was that in a row? In a row, not twenty-seven missed twenty-seven in a row. And Yikes. they <laughs> would they lose by like seven or something? I mean, it was a closest game. Like it wasn't a blowout. <laughs> it's a story of the Warriors dynasty. Yeah, just injuries. Lucky. You know, Kawhi getting hurt, Chris right. Paul getting hurt, Chris Paul getting hurt. They played in one series against the. Oh, Trailblazers first round. They were without McCollum and Damian Lillard for most of it. Oh. I mean, they just got lucky. They got lucky, yep. and, then, and they were good. But and then, and then the karma caught up to them. Down. Karma yeah. caught up to them. They got injured themselves. Speaking of, I saw a tweet today about uh, Kevin Durant maybe suggesting a sign and trade. <laughs> what a break! <laughs> As in, I, the way that I understood it was. They would sign him and then hope to trade him. It wasn't like, hey, you have a team that you want to go to. It wasn't like the Chris Paul trade where Chris Paul said, I'm going to sign with Houston, but I want a five-year deal. And Clippers, uh, I want you to get something back in return, kind of like as a gesture to them. But this seems like, hey, sign with us, Kevin Durant, sign with us. And then once you get healed, we'll trade you. As like a respect to him, but I don't know if I necessarily trust the Warriors organization. I mean, obviously Durant could just sit out, but Durant can go wherever needs to go, play for the Knicks or sit out for the Knicks this year, and not. He doesn't. I think he doesn't it would be trade. horrible for his image if he did a sign a trade. Like speaking of reports, there is a report of uh, the Nets not wanting Kyrie if he didn't bring KD. What do y'all think of that? Smart, yeah. Smart. I, um, Kyrie's a great player. I think he's a. I think he's a poison for a team. Yeah, those two combined as leaders would be Ooh. the weakest leadership in the entire NBA. <laughs> for I, real, I feel bad for D'Angelo Russell in that situation. Yeah, they just kind of. They said, "Hey, we traded for you." They traded for him. He has a ball out year, contract year. 
Yeah, they give him the keys and then and they give him the keys to the, the. I mean, he had a ton of ISO plays. He was it wasn't like James Harden, but he was more ISO isolated plays like James. But he just didn't. It seems like hey, we'll shove you to the side and get Kyrie and KD if we can. But if not, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, third option kind of. That would be to me. I would be disrespected. Um, especially the way that he played this last year. Yeah, I mean, that team definitely had a lot of chemistry. <laughs> they were young. They they put up a fight in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, yeah. I get wanting to go after those big superstars and whatnot, but if I'm the Nets front office, I'm worried to death about signing KD coming off an Achilles injury. I mean, we've seen how it's derailed many other you know careers in the path, and Kyrie isn't the leader he thinks he is. It's, well, first I, I of all, the problem is that. he thinks the earth is flat. So yeah. that's his first problem. He needs to keep running until he falls off. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll wake up then. But I I don't think he I, – I hate to quote Skip Bayless. I think it was Skip. But he said Kyrie is more of a Robin than a Batman. And yep. I totally agree with that. Yep. Even though it came from Skip he thought Bruce. he could be a Batman, and then and then obviously he couldn't. And when he called LeBron pretty much crying this year, is what they said <laughs> it, about about how it's hard to lead a team, be the first option. And he's sorry. Uh, was, so karma. Here's a semi-relevant trade for the Thunder. Um, the Celtics traded Aaron Baines oh. to the Suns. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I know there's been a lot of rumors about the Thunder trying to said or shed some uh, salary to get underneath the cap. And uh, there's a thing called an apron. If they can get underneath the apron, which is just a few million above the salary cap, they can participate in some signing trades. And so with a team like Boston, it's seemingly like they're going to lose on Al Horford. Now they lost Aaron Baines. Don't be surprised if you see the Thunder potentially to shed some salary trade uh, Stephen Adams that way. For shedding salary. Uh, yeah. I mean they wouldn't get they wouldn't really get anything in return. Maybe like a Terry Rozier if they threw intruder oh. in there. If they I don't know. I think I think we're still in win now mode. Well, I know I know we want to lose some salary, but I, I don't think we just throw our team apart for, for Who knows money. they may trade Steven Adams for Kevin Love. <laughs> So somebody <laughs> tweeted out that Stephen Adams was traded for Kevin Love from the Cavs, and Matt told us, and it was a yikes. Uh, it was a yeah, it was a fake. It was account. a Barry a sports talk with Barry kind of sports. tweet, <laughs> and he duped us all on podcast on our OU podcast. So uh, shout out to Matt. <laughs> it happens. Um, so let's go into the draft. Um, we don't have to go pick by pick, but, um, let's, let's just go into that. So we'll kind of highlight some stuff, some picks that are pretty interesting. Um, the whole world knew the first three picks, you know, Zion. Let's, Zion let's talk about that. Zion you guys, went to the Pelicans. Go ahead. Yeah. Pelicans. Okay. Yeah. Do y'all think he's going to have a good NBA career? Yes, I do. I think he has the athleticism, and I think he has the temperament to uh, work hard, and he seems to have his head on his shoulders, and I think that's very important, especially for these number one picks that come in all hype, and and obviously, I think there's a there's a gap between the guys who work hard and the guys who come in and get their first, you know, million dollar check, and then just coast for the rest of their career, and I think he's the, one of the guys that seems to be a, someone that will wants to be the best. What do you think, Evan? Uh, so I was not a hater, but I had my doubts about him in college. Um, coming from, was it a private school? A, a really small school, high school. And, I mean, obviously you saw his dunks, and they were just phenomenal. They were fantastic. <laughs> the little white guys. On guys that, it yeah, was that, me. That it was us. Me. It was basically us three versus Zion. <laughs> and he's going down court dunking, and you're in awe. And I was like, well his competition was just horrible. No offense to those guys. They were horrible compared to him. And I was like, well, he's going to go to college and he's going to get a, he's going to get punched in the mouth. (laughs) You know, it's like, welcome to, welcome to the the (laughs) NBA rookie, like that kind of thing. Like people are going to try and show him up, but I mean, he, he put the doubters, he put, he made me feel like an idiot because he, he did 
pretty well. I mean, he did fantastic. So uh, he ripped through his shoe. No shoes can contain him. <laughs> so Matt, I mean, you asked that question. What, what's your thoughts? Um, the same opinion you had about Zion going into college, I kind of have it about him going into pros. I think his athleticism is something we haven't seen in a long time. But I also think from watching a lot of his games that he's his game is, I guess he's pretty reliant on his athleticism, which I don't blame. I would be too. But from a pure like you know shooting standpoint, like he doesn't have a pure offensive game. I guess would be the way to put it. He just tries to overpower people, and I think. One with the way the NBA is going with smaller power forwards, he may be able to hold his own for a while. But I think I don't think he's going to come in and take the lead by storm like a lot of people think he will. Yeah. Because especially with the Pelicans, I mean, yeah, they've got a good young core, but you double Zion on the block. I mean, all you got to do is give him a half court game, and he's kind of taken out. A lot of his highlights are in transition. So I want him to be good, but I think his immediate impact isn't going to be seen until he's got a a year or two underneath his belt in the NBA just so he can adapt and kind of, you know, work on a jump shot, work on, you know, his ability to pass. I know it's kind of taking a hit for that. Although when he throws, he can dart it in there. But um, I just think it's going to be a humbling experience. I hope he does well. He seems like a great guy. He seems like a fantastic guy. But I think it's going to take a little bit of time before he really blossoms in the NBA. Yeah, I don't think he's going to come in and uh, like LeBron James. LeBron in his first LeBron, game, I think, almost had a triple-double. Which yeah, like 23 points. <laughs> yeah, he like carried yeah. The first couple of seasons, he carried the Cavs to the playoffs, didn't he? I mean, I don't know if he went rookie year, but he carried he them. Made a, he made the all-star team very early. Year. He made the finals with Mo Williams as his point guard. Hey, That's all I, you need I like to know. Mo Williams. He was Mo young. Williams is yeah. fresh. And he was young. He was young. Um, Zadrina Silgauskas. That's who he made the finals with. So, I agree with you. Zion seems like just a fantastic guy. I hated that he Snapchatted those girls and they all made fun of him. That was horrible. <laughs> Especially from somebody Did that, that Snapchats you, girls. And hey, shoot, shooter's got to shoot. He's got to work on his shot, though. Um, but I think against... A, you know, a big center. Like, if they go small ball and say he's the center, I mean, obviously that's really small, but he's going to get dominated by somebody like Stephen Adams or a Clint Capella. Gosh, I mean, talk about Clash of the Titans, Stephen Adams and Zion. That's going some power other. right there. Gosh. So, I mean, I think he's going to get dominated. I mean, Stephen Adams seems to show up, and obviously if he's still with the team in the future, but in the past, he going against like DeAndre Aiden. Like he dominated him, Stephen Adams dominated DeAndre because yeah, barbecue I chicken think, alert. <laughs> I think he he was like, oh, this guy's hype, okay, and you know, shoves him in the ground because you know, he's freakishly strong. So I wish he would do that every night. <laughs> All right, so let's go to number two pick. We got John ja Morant with the Grizzlies. So he's uh, up and coming. I mean, nobody really knew all that much about him until he got that triple double and. Yeah, he was actually a teammate of Zion back in high school for AAU ball. And R.J. Barrett. <laughs> I saw a picture of them, two on the same AAU team. Oh, my oh gosh. Stacked, Stacked team. yeah. Uh, but he had a triple-double in the, what was it, college uh, playoff? Or not college the playoff, tournament. Uh, college tournament. He'd gotten a little hype during the season just because he was carrying the team. But I think he was averaging the most. Yeah, he led the league in, or led the entire country, I believe in, was it points and assists? I think so. It may have been, but I know for sure it was assist. Yeah. So there's a cool story about him where he, the coach saw him playing basketball. It was a camp. They went to a camp and they sent the good players to one side to like scrimmage. And then they sent the not as good players to the other side of the court. Like, you know, kind of like imagine our gym, yeah. the yeah. college gym where one side and the scouts were on one side looking at the good players. Well, the Murray State uh, scout or coach went to the other side and saw this kid and was like, wow, I got to talk to him. So he talks to him, and he offers him a scholarship, and he's talking to Ja and his mother, and his mother goes, is this a four-year scholarship? I really want my son to get an education. And the coach goes, ma'am, he's not going to be here more than two years because he's going to the NBA. So that's kind of that cool story of how he got found. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was on an ESPN. I don't know ad. a lot about him, but I saw whenever he got drafted, his favorite player is Russell Westbrook. So, so I, I like him. Thumbs up. I love yeah. the second favorite player, I guess, is John Morano. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We got number three, the Knicks. This wasn't a surprise either. RJ Barrett. What do you guys think of him? 
So apparently he really wanted to be in New York. That's the only Um, uh, workout he went to is New York. Yeah. He really wanted to be in New York, and New York was set on him. I think if New York can get another – if they can get a superstar, like if Durant goes there, I think – that might that would really help him with I mean, his shooting and um and helping him cope into the NBA because the Knicks are a horrible franchise <laughs> as of right I now. I know I was really hoping they would drop the ball and just draft someone completely random. It would have made me so happy to see all the fans boo them. <laughs> <laughs> like Kristaps. Yeah. Um so I think I think that's good. It's good for him and it's good for them, but hopefully they don't ruin it by being a bad franchise. I'm a big RJ Barrett fan. I really hope he has a good career. Um, I feel like he got overshadowed a lot by Zion at Duke. Yeah. But I mean, the guy averaged over 20 points a game himself. I mean, he's a stud. But I think his biggest knocks are he's kind of seen as a ball stopper sometimes. Kind of like, it's kind of who I think he's going to be like is Carmelo, a guy Ooh. that can, you know, go out and get buckets whenever he wants to. But, you know, if he can develop to work in a system, then, you know, he's just, that's what he's going to be at best is a Carmelo. Uh, which is not a bad guy to have yeah. a reputation with, but you want a championship. You, yeah. win, you yeah. want rings. So, you know, I hope he can figure it out, but <coughs> I think Carmelo is probably his absolute ceiling. Okay. Next Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. This is actually part of the Pelicans trade with Anthony Davis. So the Hawks earlier today traded their 10th or they traded their eighth pick, their 17th pick. And I think we talked about it earlier in but, a future pick. Yep. Um, for this fourth overall, they drafted DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia. And it was, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anything about him. him. The report that I saw was the Hawks really wanted him. And He's I, really that's good. one of, that's one of the reasons why they traded up for him and they got to keep their 10th pick. Um, the Hawks GM, I'm not sure his name, but he wanted Trey Young. He went out and got him, and he wanted Hunter. So he went out and got him. So, I mean, if he turns out like the prospect that Trey Young has turned out to be, mainly the linkage is that he want, the GM wanted them, then he's going to be fantastic. I mean, he's a beast. He was an anchor on that Virginia team that won the national title. It's He's not the flashiest of guy. He's one of those guys you go out, you watch him play, and the next thing you know, you look at the scoreboard or the box score afterwards, and he had 17, 18 points and, you know, five rebounds, five assists. And you're like, what the heck? Where did that come from? But, I mean, he's definitely a guy I think that the Hawks lucked out on for I, sure. I mean, the Hawks will have a good starting five um, coming up uh, really young, be able to compete with that Pelicans team for – Young talent, that's going to be good. Yeah, so next with the Cavs, we have Darius Garland. Um, I'm not sure if y'all know who he is or not, but he only played five games at Vanderbilt, uh, got hurt, and had to sit out the rest of the year. But Sounds kind of risky. To when me, I was but... watching the draft, they were talking about uh, the new coach from <laughs> Michigan, uh, Jim John Beheim. Be- Jim, it's a J. Um, he kind of sees them as an East coast trailblazer, just kind of a CJ McCollum and um, Dame Lillard with Colin sex and the point guard they drafted last year. So um, he's got high upside when everybody said a lot of people thought he was the fourth best player in the draft, but we'll see how he goes. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have much to I'm, say about him, um, but it seems a little risky being him being injured, but um, the Cavs are known for taking risks and blowing picks and blowing picks. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Bennett. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about. Yeah, we could him. probably fly through some of these. Yeah. Um, who's next? Kobe White is is I believe the next. No, pick? we got Jarrett Culver oh, to Culver. the Timberwolves. Uh, that's a guy. He's gonna kind of fit the small forward mold. Him and Andrew Wiggins will be the wings. Uh, he played at Texas Tech. Lubbock born and raised. Played a couple of years there. Uh, led them to the Final Four. So the guy can definitely ball out. Definitely win. Uh. You guys got anything else on him? Nope. No, don't. No, no. I mean, I just know that they tried to shop. They shopped the pick, and then nothing came up. They yeah. got the pick from the Suns, which was a trade uh, for Dario Sarch, and then another pick, eleventh pick, eleventh pick, and then they got in return uh, that pick. The what is that? The seventh pick? Yeah, seventh pick. So, uh, sixth, sorry, or sixth pick. So they got that back, and they for whatever reason they got that pick, and then immediately started shopping it again. So I don't know what was going on, but. Um, hopefully he can provide some kind of support to their small forward because Andrew Wiggins is super inconsistent. So at number seven, we got Kobe White, point guard out of North Carolina. Uh, guy's got a full head of hair on him. 
Um, <laughs> did you guys watch any North Carolina basketball games at all this year? Oh, uh, I saw a couple, yeah. He's clutch. He's yeah. he's not afraid of the big moments. I like him a lot, especially with the Bulls. Um, pair him and Levine together. Guess we won't see any more trade him. campaign. I don't even know if campaign's oh, yeah. on there anymore. <laughs> no, he is. Oh, he, he is? Oh. Oh, I thought they released him. Oh, I didn't know that. So, eighth pick was Jackson Hayes, the guy out of Texas. He's only been playing for a few years. Um, just an athletic freak. That's really kind of all you need to know about him. Pair, just pair with Zion. I mean, yeah. Big rim protector and all that stuff. He'll compliment him well, I think. Uh, nine of the Wizards, we have Rui Hachimura. So, he is actually the first Jap- – I probably butchered that, by the way. He is the first Japanese-born player to get drafted. That's kind of cool. So, um, long athletic guy. He's – Kind of reminds me of Jeremy Grant, to be honest. He's a four? Yeah, I think he's in three, four kind of range. A tweener, maybe. So, so next we got Cam Reddish to the Hawks. I love this. Um, great 3 and D guy. He kind of battled with injuries all year at Duke. He, so he missed some games. You know, he was playing behind Zion and uh, RJ Barrett. I think he kind of. You know, took a backseat a little bit, but the guy was the number three overall prospect in the country coming out of high school. So I think potential is definitely there. If you have players like Trey Young be able to set you up, I mean, the Hawks have a great. Yeah, outside long, of the Pelicans, the Hawks seem to have, have a the great best young core out, outlook on the future right now. I mean, okay, so since we've gone over both their picks, they have Trey Young at the at the point. They have Cam Reddish at the two. Uh, he probably be three. Kent Bazemore still on the roster for now. We'll see if okay. he sticks or not. Um, but they also have what's that? They have a young guy that traded jerseys with uh with that Dwayne ginger Reed. kid, right? Yeah, Hooter or Hooter or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I think it starts with H. It start, yeah, his last name definitely starts with an H. But they have him. Uh, who else? Did they they drafted. Uh, they got John Collins at the four. Yeah, John Collins at the four. Um, who they drafted the fourth pick? Oh, they got uh, uh, Dion. DeAndre? DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, okay. I don't think he'll start. You don't think he'll start? Okay. No. At least not right now with Kent Bazemore. Yeah. And I think they have a Plumlee. <laughs> I feel like every team has a Plumlee somewhere. But they got – last time two years ago, they had a Plumlee starting center. They may have. They may still have him. So sure. that's four young up-and-coming players that, I mean, give them a couple years. Um, maybe they'll turn out like the Thunder in 2012. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see because they could almost kind of be like the Celtics were this last offseason where you have all these up-and-coming players and you really just need one big superstar. Yeah. You can land a guy in a couple years, save, save it next year when Anthony Davis becomes a free agent. Maybe Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta's a very desirable place to live. Yeah, A lot of stars come from there. So watch out for the Hawks to be a potential budding dynasty coming up in the next 10 years. Okay, next pick from... Uh... From 10 was uh, 11, which was... Suns got Cam Johnson. This was the guy that shot over 40% from three in college. A lot of people thought he was going to fall in the mid-20s range, so it's kind of surprising to see him draft that early. They took the Thunder's pick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll just kind of Bruce through these. I got Charlotte Hornets got P.J. Washington, uh, power forward out of Kentucky. Uh, I got another Kentucky guy from Miami Heat. It's Tyler Harrow, three-point sniper. Celtics got a shooting guard, Romeo Langford. He was seen as a potential top-five pick at one point. He just kind of fell off. Yeah. Um, Pistons, they got a foreign guy. I'm, I don't know <laughs> if I can even try and pronounce it. Do you want to give it a shot, Keaton? Uh, don't embarrass yourself. Saku Domboya. Yeah, that was my guess, too. Uh, Magic got Chuma Okiki. I, I'm a fan of that name. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> we'll skip him. Yeah, okay, well, these are all kind of irrelevant. We'll get to the Thunder. They traded down. They traded from 21st to the 23rd with Memphis, which we kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Yeah, they got Darius Baisley. So, um, why don't you look him up and tell us a little bit about him? So the guy was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Okay. He ended up signing with, or he, he committed to Ohio State, decommitted, committed to Syracuse, and I th- I want to say he actually signed, uh, but then he decided later on to forego that and try and enter the G League, and 
just kind of hone his skills that way. Then he got offered by New Balance. New Balance is making <laughs> their way back into the basketball world. They offered him a $1 million internship with a long-term plan to sign a $14 million deal. So he basically is outside of Kawhi. He's, you know, trying, they're trying to make him the face of the New Balance brand. Um, you know, I was reading about his weaknesses and strengths. He's 6'10", wingspan, 7 foot with, it says 8'11", standing reach. Um, he's just a really just kind of smooth athletic playmaker. <laughs> Long, Can lanky, athletic. Wow, what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sam Presti. Someone, yeah, who, well, I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> Sam Presti likes to get the guys who, who are uh, extremely athletic and have upside. So far, it hasn't more projects. Yeah, it hasn't uh, worked out too well. But I mean, T Ferg worked out with T Ferg or is working with him. So maybe this guy will be the same. The shows that he this thing called NBA NBA PA top one hundred. <laughs> he shot forty percent from three. Oh, okay. So, okay. You got the long, lanky, and can shoot. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> I mean, maybe the G League with those coaches really helped them out. Maybe that will – more players will start to do that. Um, I think that's what they, they want to happen. Gosh, it even says he's younger for his class. Says he will turn 19 weeks before the draft. Wow. But it also says very big-time potential. Okay, okay. So, I mean – What what position does he play? He's – uh, he honestly small sound, forward, power. He forward. sounds like a Kevin Durant. He's like 190 pounds or something, and long and lanky. Hopefully, he doesn't have that kind of weak leadership. Weak mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably about all. Let's see if there's anything else that sticks. So, out. I mean, where's Bobo? Where's Bobo? Did he still not been picked? Did he shoot 40 percent in the G League or? No, it was just a thing called the NBA Top 100. I think that's kind of like a What's or NBA PA is what it was called top 100. I think it's kind of like recruits, you know, oh, okay. they do the AAU tours. Um, he got invited. He's a McDonald's all American. So, I mean, you know, a lot of who's who NBA stars now were McDonald's all Americans back when they're coming out of high school. So, I mean, the potential definitely seems like it's there. It'll be interesting to see how he translates to the NBA after taking basically a year off and just training on his own. Um, you know, I'm excited like to see his potential, but it just kind of sucks from a fan <laughs> standpoint. It's thinking that from a win now standpoint. Yeah, this. You know, I know a lot of people were hoping they would go get a, a sniper to go. Yeah, Tyler Hero or, was was the one that I saw on every fan thunder Twitter was Tyler Hero. Yeah, he yeah got well, he drafted early, but he got drafted way up there. Thirteen, he's a lottery guy. So ten spots before us wasn't worth even trying to trade up for him. Even if we thought we could have gotten them. But the end of the first round, Bol Bol's still out there. And Bol Bol was projected top 10 pick by a lot of places. Something must be wrong with him. Was, he must have got injured. Well, he did get injured. But at the same time, I would. Uh, at, there's no one that stands out that much in this draft. I would take a chance. Like, we took a chance on this guy who's raw and, un, so and unproven. Do the Thunder have a second round pick, Matt? Do you know? No, not this year. That's, they just ah. have the one pick. No bobo. I mean, they could always trade. We could always trade, but Mobamba. I don't know if that's really. I don't know if that's really worth it to get him. Yeah. I mean, I always nah, saw him on two K, but I mean, he's got a sweet name, so yeah. Um, that sounds like a San Antonio Spurs kind of guy. Yeah. Um. So now that we kind of talked about the draft, let's let's talk about the Thunder. So, tonight I was expecting the Thunder to make a big move with their pick. Not that it was all that fantastic, but I was expecting the Bradley the Bradley Beal trade. Um, or even some type of trade like that fake one that you saw with Kevin Love. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you still think it's, it has potential? Uh, I think it has potential, but I think I'm starting to think now we're going to stick with the team and we're just going to try to run it back and i think the management believes that we lost we struggled last at the end of last year because of injuries and if we weren't injured we had that december january run they think that's our potential we were the best team in the nba at that for that, that stretch stretch so i think they're gonna run it back at this point 
Yeah, I kind of feel like either Roberson or Schroeder are going to get dealt just to you know take a little cap hit. Um, probably more likely Roberson because his future is uncertain coming back from that terrible injury. Yeah. But I kind of agree with Keaton. I think they're just going to say, okay, the potential's there. We have another year of Ferguson progressing, which he did show progression from first year to the second year. Um, Paul George won't have his shoulder labrum torn. Um, Dennis will probably progress. He's he's still young. I yeah, mean, he's like what twenty five. Yeah, he's he hasn't I even think entered. Dennis, I don't want to trade Dennis that much. No, I think I he uh, he showed amazing flashes in some in some games when Russ was struggling, and then he, I mean, it was almost like there was more. Paul George being injured affected more than just Paul George. It's like it affected the whole team. When they started losing games, the whole I mean, team started struggling. Steven Adams really struggled, which is why I think he's on the hot seat quote unquote, to get traded. Trade block. And I'm still iffy on whether I want him to be traded or not. It's I go back and forth each day, but I just think the whole team fell apart after Paul George got hurt. I mean, when you lose your first option, I mean, that's going to, I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, what well, kind of sucked watching Steven Adams. Cause the first like month or two of the season, the guy yeah. was killing 20 it. points, 20 yeah. points a game. Yeah. 10 rebounds. Easy. Monster. We were like, gosh, this is the potential everyone has seen for years. And then, I mean, God, we played the Suns like four times in the first month and a half and he, he just tore up DeAndre Ayton. But then kind of started meeting his match, you know, played the Rockets a few times out there dealing with Nene and it's just and Clint Capella, yeah, yeah. It's I just I kind of think he was hurt. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. He's sitting out in the from the like world FIBA or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think there was something wrong. I, I mean, I feel like he's constantly injured. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to be it. whenever you play that rough, and yeah, the the game has changed. He doesn't necessarily fit in very well in today's game, but. Obviously, whenever he's playing to his full potential, he changes. Offensively, I think if he plays his full potential, he's obviously going to be. He changes the game. Yeah. He changes the game. The problem is he can't get switched out on guards out on the three point line. Not at all. He he's done better, but he's also a liability to get crossed up and will be on the highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, who somebody crossed him up? He kind of stepped on his own feet, but somebody crossed him up and I was I almost turned the TV off. It was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see if, say, Ferguson can develop into that consistent three-point shooter mm-hmm. because, I mean, towards the end of the season, teams are basically just collapsing in the paint and daring the Thunder to beat him from three, in which I'd do the same thing. Why not? Yeah. They're not going to beat you. Especially once Abrinas left, they had nobody. You know, I think if, you know, maybe a guy like Diallo can take a step, you know, being in his second year, um, if Ferguson can just make that leap that he showed in January that he could do, make them more consistent. That'll just open up the lane for not even Adams to operate, just, you know, Westbrook and Paul George to drive. I think just if they get one more consistent outside shooter, at least outside of Paul George, it'd be game changer yeah. for how the offense operates. Yeah, especially for Russell Westbrook. He needs that lane and uh it, it it was very apparent in the, the Blazer series. So the very beginning of the series, I don't know if you guys remember, uh a lot of people were hating on Westbrook, but to me, he was he was playing almost to his full potential outside of his abysmal jump shot, which we'll get to later, I guess. He was just cutting through the paint. He he was tearing up that defense and getting to the will, the rim at will, and then they changed their defense completely. I think it was like game three or game four, and they started crashing the paint, and he just fell apart. And I I we need those three point shooters so Russ can get back to the rim, really. So. In Russ's exit interview, he talked about how the media has always bashed him yep. for being a ball hog. Yep. And they continue to bash him for being a ball hog. Even though this year and last year, he led the league in assists. Yep. And this year, I know, I think you talked about this when we tried to record this the first time and we had corruption issues, but. Yep. You believe that he will lead the league, not maybe not lead the league, but he will take drastic steps with his jump shot, whether that's three point or mid range. Uh, so, so in the exit interview, he talked about how people call him a ball hog, and he came off, and he came back, and 
led the league in assists. He spent the summer working on his passing game and how he sold the court. He talked about how people went so, said he was terrible on defense, and he had a really good defensive year this year. And then he said it's going to be the exact same for my jump shot, which everyone's been talking about. And we have short memories. Westbrook had a decent shot. Something happened to him. He either got hurt. I think it was the fact that he had kids. He seems like a really family-oriented guy. His shot just kind of fell apart in the last two years. He had one of the best pull-up mid-range jump shots in the league. And that's com- that's completely... <laughs> so... <laughs> wow. Uh, so... Isn't that what it's called, the cotton shot? Oh, I thought you were talking about the announcer the getting cotton picking. fired. Cotton no, I'm picking. pretty sure they call it the cotton shot. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. even realize that. Let me Google it. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, but yeah, I think racist. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna, uh, not come back and be a shooter by any means, but he's gonna come back and be respectable. Same, yeah, he's gonna have the same shot he used to have, which is a shot that you have to guard. Well, I mean, he had a. He has a weird stat line. If you look at his numbers per year, yeah. So, what year did he win MVP? Twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah. So I think or he won twenty seventeen. Matt, do you 2016, know twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. Sorry, I was verifying my uh, non-racist comment. Oh, okay. And it, his dad. Okay, so he said, "My dad taught me that it's called that because of the cotton net at the park I grew up at. All cotton is what my dad used to say. All net." That cotton shot is all I practiced. See, that's why he said he's out of his cotton picking mind. Come on, guys. Like, why Bring him back. Bring Brian Davis back. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> before this gets away from me. Um, so, the, the year that he won MVP, he shot more threes than he had ever shot before. And he's never been all that great of a three-point shooter. But he went out of his mind. He just Usually, inefficient shooters, the more they shoot, the worse they get. But the more he shot, the better he got. It was it, just the weird dynamic of that, that season of him winning MVP. Well, he he is but definitely a head case when it comes to his shot because you can tell just by the fact they changed the uh, free throw rule. So he used to be an 85% or so free throw shooter, and he fell all the way down to like 71 70, the last two yeah. years. And that's because they changed the rule to where he can't walk past the three-point line, which is part of his routine. And without his routine, it messed up his – his mentality and, and, his, and i think that uh transcends to the rest of his jump shot is his mentality with his shot is the most important thing i mean that happens with a lot of players andre yeah. Yeah. uh robertson or yeah. robertson however you want to say it apparently he hit free throws he can hit free throws at will in practice or even pre-game but then when it comes to the game he goes 30 percent or 40 percent from the line. Um, so, I mean, I, it's not just Russell that's horrible when it comes to over basically overthinking the shot. Yeah. I think a lot of Westbrook's issues with shooting comes down, from the three at least, comes down to the situation. Like, if you watch the first probably three quarters, he usually doesn't shoot that many. He may just jack up one if he gets the you know, <laughs> opportunity to shoot an open one. But there's a lot of times he gets the ball in the wing and he'll just kind of hold it and let the play develop. But I think a lot of times – those threes he shoots late come out of necessity, especially like that year he won MVP. I mean, gosh, they struggled every single game. Every single game they were, you know. It was a t- almost a tie game. Or, winning by know. two, losing by two, stuff along those lines. Yeah. I think I think that's where a lot of his criticism comes from is he's not a very good three-point shooter just, just by natural. I mean, it happens. Um, but I think it just kind of comes from necessity of trying to get the team back in the game at that point. So yeah. I, I think I saw a graph of that. Um. Uh, not a super long time ago, but I think prior to the season or when those shooting woes started to come into effect was when the game is on the line, Russell shoots a lot of threes. The closer the game is, the more threes he'll shoot. The farther ahead our lead is, he'll shoot less. And the, the more we're getting beat by, he'll shoot less, mainly because he, you know, if we're getting beat bad enough, he might not be playing. Um, but if we're down by five or six, Russell wants to – my dad always says this. Russell wants to be the hero. He wants the eyes to look on him and say, thank you, Russell, for winning that game for us. So I think when that kind of stuff happens, he he wants to win, and he wants him to be the reason why. Well, I wonder, is it a um, – is that a stat you saw post 
2016, 17. Yeah, season. I believe so. I think that year he hit so many game winning threes and go ahead threes. It was insane. And I and people forget about it. And I think that mentality still exists where hey, I can I can, I can do make this. That. Yeah. yeah. And win the game again that he's struggled, obviously. I saw a video recently. I don't know if he posted or somebody else posted it, but he was working on his free throws. Yeah, so, I did see that. I was having to see that with he, his new and with was, his new haircut. Yeah, but. it was funny because he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks bad because <laughs> he said it was he was in France or whatever. The dumb fashion show oh, that okay. he's always at. Uh, it's not dumb to him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. I love you, Russ. Uh, but it was he. What did he say? It was like his last post. He's like. Okay, guys, I'm I've been working on my shot too, like lay off or something like that. <laughs> it was it was funny. I mean, he's I, I'm glad he's working on it. He needs to. Yeah. Um, but so, what kind of expectations do we see for the Thunder this year? It's, say no trades are made. Nothing's say the team is as it is now going forward. I say they're a top four team in the West. I mean, you got to think the Rockets, they're getting older. Um, who knows? Chris Paul's even going to stay healthy. Even James Harden's on the wrong side of 30 now. Uh, Father Time's going to start catching up. And the Rockets don't have much depth at all. It'll be interesting to see how the Lakers fill out their team. Um, you know, the Warriors aren't what they – obviously not going to be what they have been. They have, they have two injured players. Their top two players – or arguably their top two players are injured. Yeah, it's just – there's – the West is so wide open right now, yeah. um, and a lot of these teams have guys that are, are right around thirty, they, including the Thunder. I mean, anytime someone go down, like take take the Trailblazers, you know, they're one CJ McCollum ankle tweak away from possibly missing the playoffs. It's going to be that close in the West this year. Yeah, but I think my expectation for the Thunder then to be a if they keep the t- roster they have now is to be a top four seed in the West. Okay, exact same. Like that's what I expected this year, and that's what they were until the injuries. And I, I mean, if they're playing to their full potential, I think they're second in the West, behind the Lakers. But and that's a big if on the Lakers because we don't know how they're gonna look or yeah, they have, just like, on paper. That's, they have five signed players, so yeah. they have a lot of figuring out to do. Um, I think we. I'm hoping that we get a rematch with the Blazers in the playoffs, healthy, and I think that is going to be a dogfight and one of the best series ever. So I don't think we win a championship unless someone gets hurt on the Lakers or or the Raptors we, or we yeah, whoever whoever's whoever's the dominant team in the league. But I do think we make the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Um. I think a lot. I think you guys are forgetting about the Nuggets. Oh no, I forgot about the Nuggets. I did forget. About I did forget. About I think the they're the next dynasty in the league. I mean, they have Jokic. Yeah, I Murray, forgot about them. Uh, Will Barton. Not to mention Michael Porter Jr. has Michael even played yet. That guy was projected number one overall pick. Um, they still have Paul Millsap. So I think you didn't forget about him, but I figured you did. Um, that was for my hot take. I was saving. Oh, okay. Shoot. Uh-huh. Sorry. Sorry. Um. <laughs> I, I I don't think the Rockets are gonna. No, they're done. I think I think they'll be they'll make the playoffs for sure, but I don't think they're going to compete like they have this last year and the year before. Um. So I, I see the Thunder. I say, I see them at probably third, fourth, or fifth slot. Okay. Um. But what what do they need to do to make it over the hump to convince you guys more to for them to get the number 1 seed or to uh, win a championship <laughs> Russell Westbrook's got to come back come back with this shot Paul George has to play like he did during December and Steven Adams has to not play weak like he did the entire last 3 quarters of the season and then we need we need someone who can shoot a three <laughs> and i think that's that's the Best for, best chance we have. I don't think we're gonna get any stars, obviously. So that's our best shot. I think to me it all hinges on Ferguson. Uh, that stretch where they went on a ridiculous run in early January, it was because Ferguson was shooting damn near fifty percent from three. Yeah. So I mean, 
it obviously is not going to shoot 50%, but if you can get anywhere, even the 38, upper, upper 30s, yeah, upper 30s, that's respectable. You have to space the floor. And that just, like we alluded to earlier, it just changes the way the entire offense can flow. And I think that's yeah. the biggest key to the Thunder reaching their potential that they have. I say, I agree with what you both said, um, but I think we need to sign a mid-level exception to some kind of wing player that can shoot, whether that's Wes Matthews or... Um, I say get Joe Harris. Joe Harris um, from the Nets. Um, Tim, There's Tim Hardaway Jr. Obviously yeah. wouldn't be the... He's a point guard, though. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's the best option. Um, cause he shoots at a high, high, uh, clip. He shoots super. Yeah. Can we have his dad? His dad was a stud. Um, there was another three and D player that I was thinking of. Um, shoot. He shot like 40%. Was it, it wasn't Joe Harris, but anyways, I think they need to sign another player to mid-level exception, whether it's shooting guard or small forward that can space the floor a little bit better. And take that pressure because I I don't know if Ferguson can take that kind of pressure of being that that X factor for the entire year. I mean, yeah. he held it down for a solid month. I think it's comes a lot of him maturing. He sees his potential, and now I've it's kind of like kind of we're talking about in another podcast saying once you get a little momentum behind you, you just got to keep building on that. Yeah. And if he can see like, hey, I can go out and score over twenty points in an NBA game. On more than one occasion, unlike his rookie year, he did it just one time against the Lakers. But I think taking that and converting it to his offseason workouts could pay dividends. Yeah. And I think he needs to work on his ability to put the ball on the floor a little bit because he's awkward. He's awkward. Oh, it looks rough when he puts the ball on the floor. It is, it's a, (laughs) it's a tough sight. But yeah, I hope, I, I think he can shoot and, I hope that he puts in the work this offseason as well. Okay. Any closing thoughts? Hot takes? So okay. what was your hot take about the Nuggets? Uh, they're included in it, but it's not about them. My oh, hot okay. take is that the Warriors are going to miss the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just because if you break it out, let's say, I think the Nuggets are going to be the one seed. Let's, I'm not going to go by seeding. I'm just going to kind of break out teams that are going to make the playoffs. Uh, Nuggets, Lakers, Thunder, Rockets, Jazz. You got five right there. Uh, we haven't even talked about the Spurs at all today. You always have to worry about the Spurs. Yep. So we have six teams right there. I haven't mentioned the Trailblazers. Yeah. That's seven teams. I mean, we still have to talk about the Timberwolves. Um, I mean, gosh, you never know how the Pelicans are going to be. I know they're going to be young, but they're going to be dangerous. We haven't even talked about... The, um, you said the Suns? Uh, the Kings. Oh, did I say the Suns? I think so. I meant the Pelicans. Um, the Maybe. Kings. I mean, the Kings, up until last, like, two or three weeks of the season this last year, they were fighting for the eighth spot. Like, they yeah. almost knocked the Thunder out. And so, I think De'Aaron Fox is going to take another step. Um, am I missing any teams in the West that are – the Clippers, if Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Oh, man. I mean, it's – if Clay Thompson doesn't come back until, say, March from the ACL injury – it's. I don't see Steph playing 82 games. Nope. I mean, I don't think his ankles can hold up. He hasn't played 82 games in years. I don't know if he ever has. And if he doesn't play 82 games, that team's not making the playoffs. Nope. You know, I, you know what I haven't thought about with the Spurs? I know we're getting close to the end time, but the Spurs are going to get back John Murray, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, DeJounte uh, Murray. And Lonnie Walker, which was their their – First round pick last year. Yeah, he did. They he even were, play again? No, they both were injured for I don't know if every game, but they were injured for majority of the season. They lost their starting point guard and arguably maybe a starting shooting guard, uh, or at least a decently back. I guess there's a uh, Rosen, so DeRozan, so yeah. uh, uh, a backup, a decent backup shooting guard. And what about the Mavs? Oh gosh, I would even <laughs> talk about the Mavs. <laughs> There's so many good teams in the West, man. Oh man, we I'm could talk about the, the we could talk about every about team probably for at least 45 minutes yeah. about yeah. how good they for are sure. and their potential. Yeah. Um, with the Mavs, uh, shout out to all my friends that are Mavs fans. But yeah, uh, screw you guys. <laughs> I think it all it all rides on uh, KP on Kristaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, if he come back to what he was, the the unicorn, then they they definitely make. I, I say definitely, 
they will definitely be fighting for the eighth spot for sure. Um, but I've got one more hot take. Uh, I think the Suns are going to land a big time point guard, whether that be Drew. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Uh, Drew Holiday because I think the Pelicans are going to want to ride with Lonzo Ball. Or watch out for D'Angelo Russell. I mean, the Pelicans, they were rumored to be going after Westbrook there for a while with their sixth overall pick they had. And, I mean, it sounds like the Nets are pushing D'Angelo Russell out because they want Kyrie instead. So, if I'm the Suns, I'm going out and throwing all kinds of money at D'Angelo Russell, let him run alongside Devin Booker. Well, that'll this will ruin your hot take on D'Angelo Russell, but I, I read that they don't want him. That the Suns don't want him. Never mind. Really? Yeah. But they don't. I, I don't know. It just said. I just. There were reports. Greta that, is so mad right now. <laughs> there were a lot of reports that they didn't want DeAngelo Russell. Well, the Suns are stupid. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the. Maybe it's because the Lakers fiasco with him and the ratting on teammates. He's just an All Star. It's no big deal. Yeah. I. I don't know why. Worst. If they got Drew Holiday, they would. They would definitely. I don't think they'd be. I don't know if they'd be the eighth seed, but no, they'd be looked at like the Kings are just kind yeah. of on the outside looking in. I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the Mavs, Kings, and if the Suns can make that kind of trade, uh, Pelicans. I mean, <laughs> that's for the teams that Timberwolves. Every team, Timberwolves, those every five team teams in the West the besides fight. the Grizzlies is competing. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> uh, I mean, how many teams left out of? There's seven teams. I can't even uh, that think of, of what the, other teams there are. But I mean. They're not going to be fighting. I mean, the Grizzlies, they're going to be bad, which is good for them because they need to tank. That's everyone. Yeah. So, literally every team outside of the Grizzlies has a chance to at least make a run at a playoff spot. That's that's dangerous because that – I mean, that could mean – I mean, think of how close the Thunder were to missing the playoffs last year. Yeah, that was – Yeah. All right. So, Keaton, any closing thoughts? Any hot takes that you want to – Uh, just – I, I kind of already said it. I think Russ gets his shot back this year, and I think uh, we spend most of this year playing like January. That's I think that's what it'll take. Huh? I think I, I think yeah. that's what it's going to take to at least get the one spot yeah. and definitely compete. Yeah. Matt, any any closing thoughts besides your hot takes about the seedings? No, I think that's all I got today. All right. Well, make sure you keep it on the draft. Second round still going to be coming around. But thanks for tuning in. This has been Simply Technical.